0: One fall afternoon in 2017, my daughter's boyfriend was at our house watching a show about junior college football in the living room. I walked by and was instantly sucked in. Once I sat down and started watching, I couldn't look away. It was only a couple of weeks after that that I received an email from someone named Omar Bustos saying that he was one of the producers of that same documentary series called Last Chance You, and that he was interested in speaking to me about doing a show about cheerleading. Is this some kind of prank? I thought. A scam email? I actually wondered if he had some way of seeing my Netflix queue and knew that I had been watching Last Chance You. Not to mention, if this was legit, I had mixed feelings about the prospect. I'm a very private person. I don't like to be watched. But I had also been frustrated for a long time about cheerleading not being taken seriously this would be an opportunity to show the world what cheerleaders really do. I was willing to throw my fears out the window if it meant getting more respect for the sport. I told him, if you're looking for some kind of dance mom story, I'm afraid you won't find that here. I'm not going to do any fake yelling. I'm not going to give you some kind of made-up drama. But I do want people to know how serious this sport is. I went and talked to my athletic director about it. We thought it was worth investigating, which eventually led to a conference call that included Greg Whiteley, who was not only the director, but also the creator. To me, Greg has the good looks of someone you might think was from Los Angeles, but he's not flashy or slick. He has a kind and quiet demeanor. He's the kind of person who makes you feel like you've been friends forever. And I found I was inspired by the way he talked about filmmaking. He told me he tried to film with a cold eye, but a warm heart. I had a gut instinct about Greg. He was a good guy. He said he wanted to get an authentic story, but would always be mindful of people's feelings and explain that with the documentary, the crew isn't there to make the story good or bad. Whatever the story is, the story is. That's what they have to relay. Any crew could get amazing footage of the tumbling, he said. He took that for granted but what he thought his crew could do differently was find the very best stories and tell them well. I hung up thinking I wanted to watch the show, whoever he wound up making it about. But when it came to Navarro College, where I coach, I thought, there is no way this will pan out. I assumed Greg was talking to a lot of cheer teams, and it seemed unlikely that he would pick one in Corsicana, Texas. But then he did pick us. He and a small crew came out in February 2018 and they filmed us practicing for a couple of days and put together what's called a proof of concept. Netflix bought it, and the rest is history. When the show got the green light, Greg called me and said they were going to come in and film 12 hours a day for about four months, and that whatever they got was what they got. They were going to tell a true story. I hoped it would show people how hard cheerleading is, the athleticism, the grit, the hours that we put in. I felt like it was worth taking the risk to put our story out there so that everyone could see what we actually do. It was good that my instincts about Greg were right, because from the time he and his crew started shooting, they were here with us every single day. They weren't just at practice, they were also following us around when we left the gym. Soon we were telling them everything about our lives. They became part of our family. Since the Netflix documentary Cheer introduced America to the cheer program in my Texas town, I've heard about people adopting the mantras of cheer life. Rules like, always catch your teammates, or practice until you can't get it wrong, or cheer for your team even if you're not the one on math. And I saw one story calling me the Bill Belichick of cheerleading, if Bill Belichick had perfect square French tips. Look, I'll take it. My life as a successful coach in a small town was as much a surprise to me as it was to everyone else. When I graduated college more than 25 years ago, the big city was calling my name. I wanted the excitement and the hustle and bustle of some place like New York City, even though I'd never even been there. But let me back up. The story of who I am as a coach and how I work with my team really starts way before the job opportunity presented itself. So much of how I work my team is an outgrowth of things I picked up along the way.